today, do you believe that because of the resurrection of Christ, we have victory over every one of our sins, over all of our struggles, over everything in our lives? Do you believe that, church family? Amen. Well, family, let's begin with a, with a, word, of, uh, a word of prayer to our God. Father God, we are just so honored and we're so grateful that, Father, not, not only you gave your life for us on that cross, but, Father, today we celebrate your resurrection and that because of your resurrection, Lord, we have a future and a hope and your children gather together, Lord, to thank you and to praise your name. And so, my Lord, as we open up your holy word, Father, I pray that you would give us eyes to see the truth in your word, that you would encourage us to follow you like never before, and that, Father, you would be glorified as a result. We love you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray, and all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. Well, hey, great to see you. Happy Easter, everyone. My name is Omar, and I had the privilege and the honor of serving as lead pastor here at Christ Fellowship, and I want to welcome all of our first-time guests joining us for the very first time, either at one of our campuses who are joining us live today or online. In fact, family, let's go ahead and give it up for them. Hey, thank you so much for coming to join us on this beautiful Easter weekend. And uh, on, on this weekend, we're actually starting a brand new series called Straight Up, and we're going to be looking at selected teachings from the Gospel of Mark, and we're going to learn that when Jesus taught us truth, he never beat around the bush, he never sugarcoated it, but he was always straight up with us. And today, on this Easter weekend, we're gonna learn what it truly means to follow Jesus. And so I am ready and excited to dive into God's word. Are you all too, yeah? And so wherever you find yourself, open up your Bibles to Mark chapter eight, verse 34 through 35, and you can follow along with me as I read, listen to what God's word says. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will what? Lose it. Will what? Lose it. Yeah, will lose his life. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. That is God's word. Amen, family? You can go ahead and take a seat, everyone, at all campuses. You know, and this week is a big week for us as a family, not only because it's Easter week and we love Good Friday and Easter Saturday and Sunday, Easter weekend, but also it's because it's our birthday week. Yeah, Ashley's birthday is on Thursday, it was on Thursday, and my birthday is actually today on Easter Sunday. Yeah, yeah, very, very pastoral of me, right, to have my birthday on Easter Sunday, but it's a big weekend because we have a big announcement to make as a family. And for that, I'm going to let my little girl show you what's coming up for us. Yeah, only child expiring October 2021, yeah. Thank you so much, and we're looking forward to the new addition to our family. We're excited, and uh, we cannot wait to see what the Lord has in store for us. But because we know it was going to be a long year, a hectic year for us, we decided earlier this month for our anniversary to just get away. You know, we had a free voucher from a flight that we never took last year during COVID, 
We also had some free hotel for my credit card points. We said, you know what? We got free flight, free hotel, free trip. Where do we want to go? And we both said Hawaii. Yeah, we wanted to go to Hawaii. And so we got on a plane and we took off and off we went. And one of the cool things to do in those islands is simply to get in a car and just drive around and explore. And so one day we were driving up this mountain in this park and as we were going up, I saw to my left a little river down this ravine. And so I decided to put the car in park, we got off. Folks, I wanted to not just see it from afar, but I wanted to go down all the way down there to see it up close. And so, I, so Ashley set up and I went down there. And so here's, in fact, there's a video of Ashley took of me, that's me down there. In a few moments, she's gonna zoom out so you can see more or less the vantage point, how far I had to go down there to get there. Yeah, that's me down there. And so when I got down there, I said, listen, it's not enough that I'm just here, but I wanna get in this water. So I put my stuff away and I got inside that water and there's a video that I have of me being there. Let me show that, there we go. And family, when I was there, it was like the most, the clearest, the most refreshing, the nicest water I've ever seen. It was just so, so pristine, it was so nice. It's one of those moments, you know, you'll never forget because you're there and just kind of just enjoying the moment. And so while I was there, I was just thanking God for, man, for giving us this blessing of being there. And I knew Ashley was waiting for me up there. So I got myself, I didn't stay too, too long. So I got myself and I went back up there. Now, when I got up to, when I climbed up and I, I met up Ashley, Ashley told me that while I was down there, a park ranger had stopped by and had told her that exactly where I was sitting at, exactly where I got in the water, a young couple had died just a few days ago before that. And here's why. It's because during that time, there was some flash flooding in, those, in, in Hawaii. So here's what would take place. It would rain on top of those mountains, but, but you wouldn't know it. And so when all that water started coming down, folks, it would start coming down and it would consume everything in its sight. And so family, that young couple was sitting there and they lost their life without a moment's notice. And so when I got in that car and I just started driving away, I thought to myself, my goodness, even though that couple was just there and they thought they were having a peaceful moment, even though they thought that everything was fine, even though they thought they were having the, the time of their life, the reality was that they were facing imminent danger. And folks, what they needed was someone before they went down there to warn them, to warn them about the impending danger. Because if someone had warned them, listen, they would not have lost their life that day. And family, let me just bring all that over to our time together because, you know, what an image of how many people live life. And by that I mean that just like that couple was there that day living like, like if everything was fine, like if everything was just okay, but the reality was that they, had, they were facing imminent danger and needed someone to warn them. Listen, just like that. And here's my proposition on this Easter weekend. People are living in this world and the reality is that they think that everything's okay that everything is just fine, 
But the reality is that they're facing imminent danger on an everlasting scale. And what they need more than anything in the world is for someone to warn them about this danger. And family, here in this series and in this, in this passage, that's exactly what Jesus does. He is straight up with us and he warns us of this danger. Now, you may be sitting out there, one of our campuses or watching us online and you may be wondering, well, Omar, what exactly is this danger? And how does Jesus tell us? How does Jesus warn us? Well, we're going to find out from Mark chapter 8, all right? So if you have your Bibles at our campuses, turn to Mark chapter 8. You can also fire up our Christ Fellowship apps. You can search it on the App Store at CF Miami. And, uh, and today I have three thoughts for us on the straight-up warnings of our Lord. So write this down as point number one if you're taking notes. Jesus was straight up, but listen carefully, about losing your life, about losing your life. Now, listen to the words of Jesus in verse 34. It says this. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will what family? Lose it. A little louder. Lose it. Will lose his life. See, Jesus here is talking about eternal life. Now, to help us understand why Jesus is speaking like this, let me just give you a little context of what's taking place in this passage. Because the disciples at that juncture in time were expecting Jesus to be a great political and national ruler. And in their mind, they're thinking, well, if we follow Jesus, right, if we're, if we're his followers, if we stay close, we will be able to partake of this lavish life full of comfort and full of wealth and all these different luxuries. And family, even today, many people start following Jesus thinking that by following the Lord, they're going to get all this comfort, all this wealth, all these different things that they want here on this earth. But Jesus is going to be straight up with them and help them understand not only where he is going, but they were, where they would have to follow him as well. And so listen to what he tells them just a few verses before he goes into this discourse. He says this, and he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he said this, what, plainly. The family Notice he said this plainly, right? Because he was not beating around the bush with them, but he was making it very clear that he was not going to be a political ruler. He was not going to be a national ruler. Instead, he was on a road to torturous death. And family, the moment that Peter heard this, it did not fit in with his perspective of what he thought it would mean to follow Jesus. So listen to what happens next. It says, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Imagine rebuking the Lord, right? But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. 
For you're not setting your mind on the things of God, but in the things of man. See, church family, Peter did not understand that Jesus was on a road to death in order to save him and to save us, every single one of us, from eternal death, from from our sin. You see, the reality is that our sin separates us from God. And that if we die in our sin, then we will spend an eternity with Christ. You see, at the end of our lives, you need to understand this, at the end of our lives, every single one of us will have to stand before a holy and righteous God with all of our sin, with all of our shame, with all the things we've done wrong that you haven't told a soul. Listen, you will have to stand before God and face the judgment of God for our sins. And listen, just like that couple, listen, could not avoid the rushing waters that took them away, just like that. When we are faced between a holy and righteous God, we will not be able to endure the judgment of God. So if you're here, listen, you need to understand this. That scripture teaches us that if you do not enter into a saving relationship with Jesus Christ, so when you die, you will spend eternity without God. A family, here is the good news of Easter, amen? Here's the good news that the greatest news for every single person, that on Good Friday when Jesus Christ died on that cross, Scripture says that he put, that the Father put all of our sin on his son. And when he was dying on that cross, listen, he was suffering and enduring the judgment for every single one of our sins. Everything we've done, Jesus Christ paid for that sin, paid for that shame on that cross. But the good news is that he did not stay in the grave, did he? Oh, no. Yeah, he resurrected to new life to show us that he had overcome sin and death and listen, to give us a future and a hope. Do you believe that, church family? And family, what we celebrate on this Easter Sunday, the resurrection of Christ, is the most important moment in the history of humanity because it's that moment that Jesus Christ purchased a new life for us. He creates a future and a hope that we can be saved from our sins. So the question is, Omar, okay, so if Jesus died and resurrected to give us a future, a new life, how do we save our life? How can we partake of that life that the Lord is offering us? We'll write this down as big number two. To save your life, you must deny what you think is your best life now. In fact, listen to what happens next. He says, and calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, if anyone would come after me, let him what, church family? Deny. Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. My family, this is not an invitation to prosperity, There's not an invitation to health, to wealth, to an easy life, to healing. There's not an invitation for trouble-free living. It's not an invitation to a better self-image. Instead, what Jesus is doing here is that he was being straight up. And he was saying, listen, if you truly want to experience life, 
If you want to follow him, then you need to deny what you think is your best life now. To the point that Jesus tells them, listen, if you want to follow me, then it's like picking up and, and picking up and walking and following and carrying a cross. You know, in those days, the moment that Jesus said, you must pick up your cross and follow me, they kind of understood the imagery of what Jesus was saying. See, it's estimated that during that time in Israel, about 30,000 Jews were crucified by the Romans to the point that when they would travel between towns, they would put them on posts so that people would see them, even little children. And so this was a very uh, uh, familiar sight for these people. And so what Jesus was saying, listen, if anybody wants to follow me and experience the life that I have them because of the death and my resurrection, listen, then you need to follow my example. Who knows, maybe you're here today on this Easter weekend. Maybe you come for the first time at one of our campuses. Maybe you're watching us online. And it's almost like Jesus is looking at you right now and saying, listen, you want to follow me? You want to experience the life that I have for you? Then you need to deny what you think is your best life now. You know, going back to my opening story, you know, what that couple needed was someone to warn them that if they wanted to gain the rest of their life, they needed to deny this momentary pleasure. And folks, that's exactly what Jesus is doing in this passage. He's warning us that if you want to experience a life I have for you, then you need to deny what you think is your best life now. Now, the question that, that comes up is, so what are we supposed to deny? Because for many of us, right, when we say, hey, we got to deny ourselves, we think of when we're on a diet and we're denying ourselves of Mickey D's, right? Or some Chick-fil-A or some Krispy Kreme or that pastelito at work that someone brings every Tuesday, right? You know, for us, that's what we think of denial. But what is Jesus talking about here? Why is he using these words? What does it mean to deny? Well, listen, write this down as letter A. First off, we need to deny any security Above Jesus. Above Jesus. In fact, listen to what Jesus says next. He says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would try to what? Save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. See, family, part of the human condition is that we are hardwired to find security. And because we're different people, we're going to find security in many different ways. And so the question that I have for you on this Easter Sunday is this. Listen, what do you find security in? Now think about it. You know, if you have to fill out a, a little blank here in your own personal life, I'll be okay when blank. Or I'll finally be fine when this happens. How would you fill in that blank in your own personal life? You know, for some of us, we'll think, well, I'll finally be fine when I have enough money in my bank account to feel secure. That's when I'll feel fine. Or I'll feel fine whenever I'm able to buy that home or pay off that home, right? Then I'll feel secure. 
For others maybe, well, I'll finally be fine when I get to meet that person and get married. Then I feel like my life will be secure. I'll start my formal family and I'll be fine. For others, his, I'll be fine when I get that job, when I take that step in my career. Or I'll be fine, I'll be secure. The moment I get my business off the ground and it's sustaining and it's healthy, that's when I'll be fine. And family, we know that those things are not bad things. But what the Lord is saying here is, listen, if you're trying to find your ultimate security through any of these things, you cannot follow me. You cannot follow me. You cannot experience the life that I have for you. And folks, the reality is that many people fall into a pitfall. Even the most mature believers can fall into a pitfall in their walk with Christ. And here it is is that many times we get into this whole mindset, think about this, where we see all these things in our life as our security, our job, our bank account, our homes, all these things, and in our mind, we think, well, if all those things fail, if I lose my money, if I lose my house, if I lose my job, if, all, if any of these things fails, I'm all right because God would be there for me. That God will catch me if those things happen. And so somewhere along the line, we start thinking of Jesus, of the Lord, as almost like a security net. That if things fail in life, hey, we don't need to worry because Jesus will be there for us. But let me tell you something, folks. Let me remind you. Jesus is not a security net if all else fails. Amen? They said he is our security. He is our provider. He is the one that sustains us. Do you believe that church family on Easter Sunday? So when you open your phone and you look at your bank account, every time you drive home, every time, listen, that you look at, remind yourself, all these things are fine, but these things are not my security. The Lord alone is our security, amen? And so here's another aspect of following Jesus. Write this down as letter B. Listen, you need to deny any pleasure above Jesus. Now listen to what he says next. He says, for what does a profit a man to what? To gain the whole world and forfeit his soul. For what can a man give in return for his soul? So families, and Jesus is warning us that some of us may be trying to get ahead in life and to gain and to gain and to gain, but in the process, you are losing your soul. You know, part of the American dream is that if I'm able to make this amount of money, and I'm able to do this, this vacation, this whole thing, that somewhere along the line, the more I gain, the more pleasure I'll have, the more enjoyment I'll have, the more joy I'll have. And the reality is, sometimes those things, listen, we take more pleasure in those things than the one who gives us those, those blessings, amen? And so what the Lord is saying here, listen, where there's that relationship, that lifestyle, whatever the thing that, that may be, listen, whatever that thing is, it's okay to enjoy them, but you cannot have more pleasure in the things of this world than in me. And so listen, if you wanna follow me, I will be your greatest joy. I will be your greatest pleasure. And not only that, but write this down as letter C. To follow the Lord, you need to deny any approval above Jesus, deny any approval above Jesus. In fact, listen to what it says next. For whoever is what? 
ashamed of me and of my words and this adulterous and sinful generation. Of him, the Son of Man, will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with his holy angels. See, the Lord knows that his teachings, his truth, when he's straight up with us, listen, his truth may seem sometimes extreme. They may seem so absolute. They may seem very black and white, right? With Jesus, there's no gray area. And in that process, listen, what keeps many people from truly following the Lord is that they are concerned, they are worried of what their family is going to think if they truly start following Jesus, of what their co-workers are going to think if they start following Jesus, if what their friends at school are going to think of when they start following Jesus. And folks, that keeps them away from following the Lord. But the Lord is saying, listen, if you want to follow me, if you want to experience the life that I have for you, then you cannot be ashamed of me. And listen, if you're a young adult, if you're a student, this is so critical for you at an early age. Listen, to follow Jesus, listen, you cannot be worried about what your, your friends think. Listen, he's saying, come, follow me. I'm going to show you some things, but you need to not be ashamed of who I am. And so what I love about these passages, all this entire passage, if you step back and you look, what Jesus is essentially doing is destroying this Americanized view of Christianity. That if you come to church on Sundays on the weekend, that if you do your thing on Friday and Saturday, that if you don't live somewhat of a moral life, if you don't harm anybody, then you are okay with God and you're following the Lord. But Jesus is saying, no, you're not. That is not what it means to follow me. That is, that's not what it means to follow me because the reality is that to follow me is complete surrender. It's complete devotion to who I am. Amen? And here's the thing, oftentimes we don't fully follow the Lord because we want to hold on to certain things in life and don't want to give those up. But you know what happens? Sometimes we hold on so tight to those things that eventually, listen carefully, will end up hurting us and disappointing us. Isn't that right? In fact, let me just give you a quick visual of what I mean by that. For that, I'm going to call Al Williams, our student director at the Palmetto Bay campus, to come out. Hey, give it up for Al big time. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I love this guy. But let me show you what I mean by that. Al here is going to represent, right? Al here is going to represent that one thing in your life that you are refusing to let go to follow the Lord. Maybe here he's representing maybe a relationship in your life. Maybe he's representing maybe a certain lifestyle, a group of friends, maybe an addiction in your life. Listen, what is, you know that one thing, we all have that one thing, right, that sometimes we are, it's hard for us to let go for us to truly follow the Lord. So whatever that is, he's going to represent that. And so here's what happens in our lives, right? What happens in our lives is that we care about that one thing, don't we? And we don't want to let go. We're not going to give that up to follow the Lord. And so we're holding on. And because you care, you're holding on. And, and you know what? When there's a threat of losing that one thing, you remember back in field day? Here's what you used to do. You used to go like this, right? 
And you will get a better grip. And so you would keep holding on and holding on. I'm not letting go. I love that thing too much. I can't give that up. I can't give that pleasure. I can't give that relationship. And when there's a threat of losing that more, guess what do you do more? You do even tighter, right? You're holding it on and you will not let it go. But you know what happens in time? Man, my, my, my hand starts to turn blue. My hand starts to, to hurt. And folks, if I don't let go in time, I'll be in danger of even losing my, my hand. Why? Because of the pressure, because I'm holding on too tight. And family, what an image of what happens in our life, right? Sometimes the things that we're trying to hold on to so much and not follow the Lord and not give our lives to the Lord, listen, those things are going to end up, end up hurting us and disappointing us. And family, there has to be a moment in your life, in our life, where we let go of those things in our life and follow the Lord, amen? There has to be a decisive moment that we say, you know what, I'm done with this. I gotta follow the Lord, and you let that go. And here's a promise. Write this down, big number three. If you follow Jesus, if you let go of those things, and you follow Jesus, you will gain your best life forever, amen? Al, thank you so much, brother, love you. In fact, listen to what Jesus says. He says, for whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses, lets go of his life for my sake and for the gospels, will what? Will save it. In fact, Jesus puts it in another way in the gospel of John. He says this. He says, whoever loves his life loses it. And whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. See, church family, Jesus is being very clear. When you lose your life, when you start following him, you will be able to finally experience the life that he has for you. And folks, you cannot expect to experience the life that the Lord has for you unless you let go of all things and start following the Lord. And you know the Lord promises that if you let go and you start following me, listen, you will experience eternal security. In fact, listen to what he says in John chapter 10. He says this, I give them eternal life. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. And no one will be able to snatch them out of my hand. Listen, you want to feel secure, you will never feel more secure than the arms of your heavenly Father. And not only that, when you're in his presence, listen to what Psalm 16 says. It says, in your presence there is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And family, here's the thing. Our good Lord, he offers us this life because of the death and resurrection. He offers us this life for you and for me. But oftentimes, people refuse to take that offer. They refuse. And unfortunately for some of us, the Lord has to start shaking things up in our lives to help us understand that the true joy, security, fulfillment, acceptance that we're all looking for is only found in the rock of Christ. Amen? Amen. 
So let me end with this to help you better understand. There's a story, uh, an old story of a lumberjack that he was deciding to cut down an entire forest for lumber. And so one day he takes a stroll through that forest and he's walking through that forest and as he's walking through that forest, in one of the trees he sees that there's a beautiful bird at the top of that tree and is making a nest. Now the lumberjack knows what's coming, that all those trees will be leveled, that all that will one day be gone. So here's what he does. He goes to that tree where that bird was at, and he began, listen, just to shake that foundation of that tree. He began to shake that foundation of the tree until the point that that little bird left that tree, but he went to another tree. The lumberjack went to that next tree, and he began to shake the foundations of that tree. Yeah, he was shaking and shaking until that point that that bird flew, but he flew to another tree. And they continued this dance for about half a dozen times. And then on the last tree, the lumberjack went to that tree. And he, again, he shook the foundations of that tree. He shook the foundations. And eventually that bird left that last and final tree. But this time, he didn't go to another tree. He went to the side of the mountain where the rock was. And he made his nest there. You know, the bird was probably thinking, you know, this lumberjack sure is cruel. He's shaking up all of my trees. But we know that Lumberjack was not being cruel. He was actually having compassion for that bird. Why? Because the Lumberjack knew that sooner or later, all those trees will be coming down. And he wanted that bird not to make its future on the things that will not last, but on the rock that will endure forever. And family, when we hear that story, Sometimes we think we relate to that bird. Because for many of us this year, this past year with this pandemic, listen, our life has been shaking at our foundations. For some of us, it's shaking our finances. For some of us, it's shaking our jobs. For some of us, it has been shaking our health, our family members, our relationship. And many of us may be saying, where's God's love in all this? Where's God's love that he's allowing all these things in my life to be shaken? And maybe, just maybe, what the Lord has been doing in the process is shaking all the things that you're trying to find, your ultimate security. He's shaking the foundations of your life to help you understand that only in Christ the rock will you be able to to live a life that you're looking for. Who knows, maybe you're here today and you're thinking, oh, more man, I'm tracking with you because man, this past year has been rough for me and I realized that I need to start in my walk with the Lord. I need to start this journey with Christ. So how can I do that? Well, listen to what John chapter 5 says. Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you. Hey, every time you see that, those words, truly, truly, I say to you, that's code word for Jesus being straight up, Right? He says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word, you're hearing his word today, and what? And what? And believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment for his sins. Oh, no. What does it say? 
but has passed from death to what? To life, amen? And so family, listen, that is the invitation that the Lord is saying, listen, I died and resurrected to give you a new life. And all you have to do to believe, to, to enter into relationship with me, it's not a tradition, it's not rituals you did when you were a little child, it's not living a moral life, it's not do it's simply coming to me in faith. Surrender your life to me, put your faith and trust in my life, death, and resurrection, and you will enter the life that I died to give you. The question is, will you trust him today? Let's bow our head for prayer. Father, we come today and on this Easter Sunday, we just praise you, O oh God, for what you have accomplished through the cross and because of the resurrection. And so, Father, my prayers for all of us here today who know you, who, who are in a saving relationship with you, that today will be a reminder to live for you, to follow you with everything we have because you're worth it. So, Father, help us to live that life you envision us to live. But with all eyes closed and all heads bowed, I want to speak to some of us here today at one of our, all of our campuses at all line. That maybe you were that person who said, you know what, it's time for me to take that step of faith. It's time for me to start this journey with the Lord. I'm, I'm tired. I'm ready. I need the Lord. I need to be right with God. And in a few moments, I'm going to lead you through a prayer. But before that, on an Easter Sunday, listen, I want to ask you to do something. I'm not, I'm not going to ask you to stand up or come forward. I'm not going to ask your name or anything like that. But here's what I want to ask you to do few moments, I'm going to ask you, with no one looking around, just to slip up your hand and say, hey, Omar, I'm ready to follow Jesus. You know, we just read in God's word that whoever's ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed with him when he returns again, right? We read that. So this is just a way of you physically saying, you know what, I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready to start my, my walk with God. I'm ready. And so again, I'm, well, I'm not here to embarrass you. No one in your campus are going to embarrass you or point you out, but we just want this to be a special moment where you say, Lord, I'm ready. And so with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, no one looking around, if you're saying, hey, Omar, just pray for me because I, I want to start my relationship with Christ today. If that's you, just slip up your hand with no one looking around so I can see you. Anybody here today says, I see you up there. Anybody else? I see you. I see you. I see you. I see you. Many hands. Any more? I see you, sir. I see you as well. I see you as well. Many hands all over, all, all our campuses. Man, God bless you. You can put your hand down. You know, if that was you, you said, you know what, I'm ready to start. I'm going to lead you through a prayer. When I lead you through this prayer, you don't pray this to me. I always like to remind you. I'm just simply a man. I cannot save you. But you pray to the God who loves you. You pray to the God who died for you. And the, and the God who has a plan and a future for you. And so you pray this. Pray this from your heart. You pray this to the Lord. Pray this with me. Father, today I come before you. And I realized that all the things in my life that I've been holding on to, oh Lord, those things will never give me fulfillment, will never give me that joy I'm seeking, will never give me the security I seek, I want. But today I realize that it's only in you, oh God. So I come before you and I confess all of my sins to you. All of them, Lord, I lay them before your feet. And I ask you forgiveness of my sins. Lord, I ask you 
to make me your son, your daughter. And Lord, give me everlasting life so for the rest of my life and all eternity, I know that I will always be with you. I will always be in your presence. And Father, in this Easter Sunday, I give my life to you. Help me to live from now on a life that honors you and glorifies you because that's what I desire. Thank you, Lord, for saving me today. It's in Jesus' name I pray. And all of God's people say, amen.